Hello and welcome everyone to Weekend Rental episode 58. We are your gaming and geek culture podcast. This episode is uh, is a special treat. It is our Halloween episode. We are participating in Geekade's 31 Days of Halloween. If you want to check out all the other Halloween and spooky content, head over to geekade.com. My name is Ryan and as always I'm joined by Andy. Hey. And Nate. What's going on guys? All right, so let's jump into Byron Burn. Uh, if you're not familiar with the segment of the podcast, we we open the podcast with this one. What we do is we all pick a game for a given system, typically, um, and then we will give our opinions after playing those games as to which ones we would personally buy, rent, or burn. Uh, this being a Halloween-themed episode, though, we felt it was a little restrictive to try and find three spooky games on any one retro platform. So we split it up a little bit, but our picks this go-around... It's going to be Splatterhouse for the TurboGrafx-16, Demon's Crest for the Super Nintendo, and The Haunting starring Poltergeist on the Almighty Genesis. Um, so maybe we'll start off with Splatterhouse here. We're going to go through, um, talk about each game individually before giving our opinions on which one we would personally buy, rent, or burn. Um, so let's read the description here on Splatterhouse. Alone on a stormy night, enter, if you dare, the unspeakable horror of Splatterhouse. Hideous ghouls and demented demons leap from every corner in a relentless nightmare of terror. Who's that with you? Wait. Nope, that's not the sentence at all. Who's that with a saw? That was pretty fucking close. Um, Look out for an axe. Just don't lose your head uh, as shocker after gruesome shocker assaults your senses. Uh, Your only hope, unleash the monster within yourself. And fight back in the grisly mayhem of Splatterhouse. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> um, so yeah, for anyone who hasn't played this game, this is a Namco release. I believe it came out in arcades first, was brought to the TurboGrafx-16 around 1990. Um, and this is kind of uh, an homage to all the slasher and horror flicks of the 80s. Uh, your character dons a hockey mask, a lot like... Uh, you would see in several other horror films of that era. And it's kind of just meant to shock people. I think with how gruesome it is, how creepy it is. It's funny that this game never gained the notoriety of something like mortal Kombat for its gruesomeness because your intro level, there's just blood and guts everywhere. You're taking bats and cleavers and like lopping ghouls heads off and splatting their bodies against the wall it's quite the visual and audio treat uh if you're a if you're a horror fan yeah i think this this game definitely pushes the envelope a little bit um and it's fun it's so fun to be it's so satisfying to be taking a baseball bat and like it just plays so easy in a way i mean it's kind of difficult uh in certain sections but just to like swing a yeah. bat and well it's meant someone. to eat quarters i suppose right and the plunk of that sound when you yes. knock their heads off is just so satisfying <laughs> yes uh my son was uh so as i was playing these games my son was was downstairs and he's like hey dad what are you playing i'm like uh nothing nothing you can watch and then he just caught a little bit of the screen and uh and I think it was the first 
kind of boss level or whatever where the I guess the parasites or worms are mm-hmm. jumping out of the bodies or whatever. And his eyes just got really big and he goes, Okay. And then he walks <laughs> away. I'm pretty sure I just scarred him for life. Yeah. I mean like you were saying, like those attacks have to be probably one of the most satisfying attacks mm-hmm. in all of retro games. You pick up that two by four and he does a home run swing. Just enemies go flying against the back wall. It's yeah. There's like carcasses on hooks and like things disintegrating from nooses. It's so yeah. ridiculously over the top. Yeah. It's, it is amazing that that was not a focal point during all that mortal Kombat violent stuff. But. Yeah, it's weird. It's like the dividing line there, just the fact that it was like a CG human figure. Is that like, that's better yeah. than a hand-drawn sprite? But really, I think for pure shock value, this game as a package has more than that first Mortal Kombat did anyway. Yeah, for sure. Can you imagine growing up with the TurboGrafx-16 and all these kids are talking about how Oh man, Mortal Kombat, all that blood, and the guy's like, "Come on over, let's play, let's play Splatterhouse for a while, and just make these kids throw up." Oh man, it, that would have been just an, an awesome thing. I I can't imagine parents being like, "Yeah, we should totally get this." Um, I I bet you that definitely affected Turbo Graphics. If you know, if people were just looking at that, yeah, yeah, and just like. You know, as you know, kind of typical of the time with the Turbo Graphics, like it really did a good job of like making a faithful arcade port, large sprites, lots of detail, lots of color. Um, yeah, it's just it's one of those standout games, right? Like it's top ten if like if you own a Turbo Graphics, like this is one of the showpieces. Very simple. I mean, it's just a simple arcade beat 'em up, but that layer of gore, the creepy music, the intro, it's all great. All right, let's move on to our next one. Uh, This one for the Super Nintendo. Um, Become a bit more popular in the collecting scene in the recent years. This is Demon's Crest. Um, So description on this one. uh, The Demon Realm is peaceful until six wondrous stones fall from the sky. Each stone represents a portion of the Demon's Crest. Uh, When united, the stones of the Demon's Crest bring the user ultimate power over demons and humans. These stones were so highly sought that civil war broke out in the realm. Uh, the fight led to much bloodshed until one gargoyle emerged victorious, the red demon known as Firebrand. This is a long description. Uh, after Firebrand's final battle, his nemesis, Phalanx, uh, ambushed Fire... Isn't that also a Super Nintendo game? Phalanx? Phalanx? Yeah. A shooter, right? Uh, so that shooter ambushed Firebrand. And stole his stones. Now Firebrand must recover the stones and unite the power of the Demon's Crest before both realms fall into the hands of the shooter. So, this game has definitely picked up in uh, notoriety. Yeah, I would say in the last year or two mm. uh, that I'm aware of, and uh, yeah, this game plays awesome. This is a a great fun game. Uh, the sounds, just that Super Nintendo sound, the the music and everything, it's creepy. Uh, man, it's, uh, and the controls are so nice. So you, you're this demon character flying and um, just your movements, it, it's so, it's so tight and everything. So um, yeah, this is, this is definitely a game worth the money, I would say. 
And I kind of have like the opposite take. I genuinely dislike the way the character controls and like really? the, clinging, the clinging on to shit, like the static fly as far as you want. Like not only is it kind of glitchy, but it's also game breaking in this sort of way. Um, I like the game. I think it's good. I like the whole package, the sound, like you said, in the Super Nintendo with like kind of that gothic, like church, like pipe organ sound is amazing. The visuals are good. Again, big sprites, big sprites for a Super Nintendo game. Capcom, though, so you shouldn't be too surprised. But yeah, I I don't like the way the character controls. I, I didn't really care for the way he controlled in the original Gargoyles Quest. Um, and the second one for the Nintendo, I think they're both kind of clunky. And I think that just kind of translate, translates more here because it's such a bigger sprite that when he just like automatically clings on stuff, it's like you just clip something and all of a sudden he's like clung to it, which kind of gets annoying in certain situations, in my opinion. I feel like the first time I played this was at your house, perhaps. Danton's um, game room. Was it Dan's? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a big fan. I really liked it. I, I can see where you're coming from. Like the, uh, I never got used to the, the double jump to fly thing. Right. It just, it feels weird to, to get into fly mode that way. But, uh, that part I didn't have, uh, as much a problem. Like you said, the, uh, the clinginess stuff, they, they make that a central, uh, control that you need to use to get through some of the levels and very precisely. And I don't think that clinginess and control lends itself to that at all <laughs> i played it on the uh the switch because it's on the uh super nintendo thing yep and i did a lot of rewinding <laughs> yeah i mean it they really does kind of like thrust that element in like right away after that first stage it's like that whole vertical scaling you have to do yeah yeah and i mean i guess it's not that unusual to have a game where like flight or hover is unlimited I mean, I guess you've seen it for years in Kirby games. It just feels sort of, it, it's almost cheap in certain senses because you can just like fly over half the level, which I mean is sure. kind of nice if you just want to progress. But yeah, it's the, it's that grabby aspect that kind of just screws with me after a while. The very first stage, I think, probably confused a lot of people when you are just standing there in the big um big dragon comes out and you're like what do i do do i fight it do i run away i think that uh kind of sets the tone for the game a little bit to not quite sure how you're supposed to handle things um and that that is one thing especially dying right at the beginning that sucks to go through like the cutscene all over again and continuous which is pretty obnoxious but i still love it i still love the sound and everything that's probably what i lean into the most is just the overall music probably makes the game better in my mind where i'm just like oh yeah this is where it's at yeah one i mean i i I complained a lot but i don't mean to be too too harsh it is a very good game despite some minor annoyances like the overall package you know what they were trying to capture just i don't know it's kind of like the whole ghosts and goblins but like just amplified and polished it's it's very cool very really i really like the uh you know equipment and big map and stuff it really lends itself to kind of like a zelda type feel almost mm-hmm. um which is kind of unique when it brings it to a platformer like that yeah for sure 
Yeah, it's funny because it's just like a game you didn't really hear too much about when the Super Nintendo was out. But once that collecting scene started picking up like five years ago for that, I was like, number one on everybody's list. Like, you got to get that Super Mario RPG and every uh, every Final Fantasy game. I think it was, wasn't it, uh, Mike Matei's number one underrated, like, hidden gem thing. And that's when it went. Oh, really? It added, it added like $100 to the value overnight. Damn you, Mike Matei. Yep. Stick to your fucko land. <laughs> In case nobody's seen the new videos, it's they named their stores. So. <laughs> Except we don't censor it around here. <clears throat> All right, let's uh, let's talk about the third one, Haunting, starring Poltergeist. Uh, this is for the Genesis. So description. Um, scare the evil, greedy sardines out of their houses by turning everyday household objects into something scary, funny, or just plain gross, or use your special spells to really send them shrieking, but you gotta hurry, because your ectoplasm's running out. Um, 16 megs of cool graphics, gross special effects, and blood-curdling sounds, unique three-quarter view perspective, and over 400 scary, funny, and gross fright items, each causing something different to happen. There's a little bit more, but it's just kind of like game spec stuff, which I felt like a lot of that was anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, it's um, hunting starring Poltergeist, oh. just kind of like this weird isometric view game where it's almost more like a point and click game. Uh, you play as Poltergeist. Uh, your objective is to scare all the humans out of your house. Uh, so basically you just walk around the area and set the stage for their torment so there's four members of the family. Uh, you'll find them in a room and then you can jump in and out of items using your energy and it will cause them to like a chair to fly through the air or a snake to pop off the wall. It's just sort of this, it's almost like a set piece that you're just kind of interacting with it, it, less a game than it is just this cool, like playscape. Um, one mechanic that I really do like is that, when you run out of ectogasm, I guess, um, you don't die. You just get sent to hell or something, and then you collect more of it, and then you do a dance, and you go through a door, and you're back in the house. It's it's a cool mechanic. You didn't see that in any other games, really, outside of like Wario Land, where death kind of transcends the game. Yeah, I agree. That I really did like that mechanic where you can just keep going, because that really is the point of the game. You just want to see the animations. Right. You want to scare the shit out of these people, you know? Yep. To me, it really felt like I was playing The Sims, except taking care of the people, I was actually, like, torturing them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you played The Sims all wrong, then. Yeah, I guess. That was... was I'm in the same boat. I wouldn't consider this a game. It's... I really enjoyed it, but that's... The main reason I was playing it was to get the animations and to see, okay, what what's this one going to do? What what's going to? Um, so I just found myself jumping around doing that and just hoping that the characters will walk towards it or or whatever. Um, I mean, let's be honest: if this happens in real life, you're not going to just continue to walk around your house <laughs> uh, and be like, "Oh, let me go look at this painting." No, you're you're getting out of there really really quick. So. Um, it gets a zero for realistic purposes, but yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, I played this one quite a bit. I really enjoyed it. Just the the weirdness of it, and um, 
it's just it's just not a typical not a typical game you know not not anything that i've ever played before so i think that kind of kept me going and i really enjoyed it well that's kind of the thing with this one too is like what would i mean that first level probably like on a good run takes like 20 minutes so it's not like a game you can like really sit down and complete the first stage quickly so yeah it's kind of interesting because it does suck you in um i felt like after i completed the first couple of stages though i was like I get it, you know, but it is really cool to go through room to room and see like what, what's going to happen when you possess something. Like I loved that garage, like jumping in that table saw and like an arm severed arm flying off and like running around and chasing the dad was like probably one of the greatest things I've done in a video game. Yeah. The, the, Where you possess the chainsaw and you uh-huh. like chase after him as, as a chainsaw. It just, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to actually control some of those makes it that much better for sure yep yeah but it does very much boil down to once i've seen this yeah well it's you know i I don't need to revisit it but probably one of the most unique premises on a console game especially in that era or sense that i've seen i I really gotta kind of applaud it for that i don't know how you guys have the physical copies of this i don't not at the moment i've never i've never seen one before Andy's had a couple. I yeah. Picked, yeah, they usually seen you pick it up. They stay around, you know, thirty, forty dollars. So yeah, I want to say complete. Usually at cons, it's like fifty bucks, but yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, that would be a fun one to snag. I think just the weirdness of it kind of makes it makes it pretty unique. Yeah, it's a good game to like pop in and like just sit on a couch with some people and laugh because it's kind of like horror cheese. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. funny. It's more funny right. than it is scary, but. It's great. I didn't understand why I had to be tech- attacked in, in, in like the netherworld, though. Because like, I'm already <laughs> dead, so yeah. it, whatever. I think they're just trying to add more gameplay to it, whereas like, you know, this is, this is almost like those like old computer games where you, they're like storybooks. Yeah. Living storybooks where you just click on things and things happen. It's pretty yeah. much what this is, but they added a little bit of gameplay. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, I don't know. Let's go back up to the top and do our picks. So like normally on buy, rent, burn, the whole thing is that all of us have picked a game individually to kind of represent and like fight for. Uh, so there's a little bit of pride in it with, with this Halloween episode, we kind of just all agreed on three spooky games that we wanted to, to bring here. Um, so this probably won't be as much infighting or hurt feelings. Just go around. Let's hope, but uh, I'll still be hurt over something. I'll still be, okay. I'll take it personal if you don't pick what I pick. Okay. All right, Andy, what are your picks? This one was kind of tough because out of all three, I think the one that I'd want to start up and boot up right now is Haunting, just because I want to see more of those animations. Um, But I think that's a very short-lived game, and once you see them, then it's kind of done. <laughs> and like you said, barely a game in the first place. So... uh that's probably going to be my burn, but my buy is going to be uh, Demon's Crest. I actually did have a lot of fun with that. I like the depth to that game. It seems like it's a lot there. And uh, outside of some weird controls that you probably just have to get used to, I think it's a pretty quality platforming game, action platformer. Um, and then my rent is going to be uh, Splatterhouse. I think some of the same issues arise with Splatterhouse. Once you do that first hit, 
it's awesome. It's one of the greatest things in retro gaming that I've seen. When you do it 20 more times, it's the same thing, you know? <laughs> it kind of loses its, its uh, effect really fast. So uh, once you get to new stages, you, you usually get something new for a little bit, but it, it doesn't last too long. They're kind of like one tricks. So uh, that's going to be my rent. And then, yeah, like I said, haunting is probably... The, the coolest thing that I saw this week, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's not much of a game. And it's like getting flashed a pair of titties. If you can't play with them, what's the point? Yeah. Nate, how about you? <laughs> um, I really enjoyed all three of these games, so it's really tough for me to say one is absolutely terrible. Um, so burning is, is it's a loose burn. Um, I would say my buy is going to be Demon's Crest as well. Uh, I really enjoyed the game. I liked. Uh, um, I I actually enjoyed the controls and music and just the playability of it. And that's that's a game that I want to like keep on grinding out, um, just to see what's going to happen next and. Uh, what they're going to throw at you. So that's going to be my buy. My rent is going to be Splatterhouse. It's so satisfying to hit people with bats. Not in real life, but <laughs> well. in this in this game, <laughs> that will definitely be taken out of context. <laughs> um, you heard it here first, yeah, everybody. Is, yeah, Nate likes to hit people with bats. Um, it's just a satisfying game. Uh, I think the creepy grotesque level of it is kind of intriguing as well you feel like you shouldn't be playing this game but uh you're going to anyways because your mom and dad aren't standing over your shoulder um so definitely definitely a fun game but it is very um repetitive and there isn't a whole lot to it uh after kind of the first stage you're like okay i get it uh the burn is going to be the haunting Again, not much of a game, but loved the animations. And I don't know, maybe another day I might actually buy it and burn Demon's Crest. Who knows? But it's it's a really enjoyable game. I probably would enjoy it with multiple people and, uh, you know, just goofing around and laughing and whatever. So what about you, Ryan? Um, So I'm kind of struggling on this one because I don't think any of them are that bad um i'm gonna rent splatterhouse like splatterhouse is just because it's an arcade game it makes sense as a rental um it's fun but fun in short doses you're not gonna sit down and probably make a night of splatterhouse unless something's wrong with you but just that gore like the whole package you know that vibe like it's it's a spooky game it did it very early on when games didn't do that and just the the amount of gore and guts, I think, is almost unprecedented, even to today. Like games like that just don't come out. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the haunting, um, just to go against the grain. I just think like I've never seen anything like that before, right? And it isn't so much a game as it is just an experience. But like, I'm also a big fan of like cheesy horror movies and like stupid slapstick humor and it's sort of all that wrapped up 
especially with a lot of like 90s tood in one package. So I think that's going to be my buy and I'm going to I'm going to people are going to be pissed about that. I'm going to burn Demon's Crest. I'm pissed right now. <laughs> um, what the heck? Mostly just because I told you I'd get angry. Mostly just because it's not a bad game. I do like it. I have issue with some of the control. I can get around that, but I just don't think it's the cream of the crap like uh people like to make it out to be. I don't think it's a bad game. I'm just going to like I'm just going to say something here. As far as like Capcom games go, Demon's Crest is the evil version of Bonkers. As far as oh like gosh. not pin what? not pinnacle oh. of Capcom, not pinnacle of Capcom in this era. I think you just like to poke the bear for fun the- now. I'm I'm convinced you're like, yeah, it's a great game, but I know I'm just going to be controversial a little bit. I got to shake it up a little. All good games, including <laughs> everyone's a winner. It's a tie. <laughs> I I could have just as easily bought haunting too, but yeah, yeah. As far as like long term enjoyable experience, it's probably going to go to Demon's Crest, right? Like of all three of these games, but as yeah, of today, I... those are my picks. To tomorrow it could be wildly different. Yeah. We'll do a Twitter poll at the end of the week and be like, did it change? Probably. I, kn- I know I'll keep playing Demon's Crest on Switch whenever I boot it up. That's going to be my go- one of my go-tos. So, mm. Yeah, I actually have been playing a fair amount of it on there too, except my online lapsed, which FYI guys up to be buying the family plan because I'm getting my kid <clears throat> the... Uh, light so just <laughs> let me know and i'll add you guys to my plan so <laughs> you just throw me a cheeseburger Sounds every good. once in a while or or that mountain dew it's a podcast family yep exactly i mean no nah, i'm not gonna go there all right <laughs> buy rent burn in the books <laughs> All right, so let's move on past Byron Burn. Let's get into some news. Uh, we'll talk about some more Halloween-related things uh, following, and I think Andy's got an outro quiz planned, a Halloween theme that should be exciting. But we want to touch on a couple things um, since we only get to record every two weeks before before we miss the chance. I think number one, maybe let's talk about the most recent news, and that is uh, the PlayStation 5. They They got it out there ahead of a leak. I think this is the first time a big uh, company like that has gone to Wired for the exclusive coverage on <laughs> announcing a console. Kind of. Kind of, right? Yeah, they had a little bit of information earlier this year, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Just going out there with no surprises and saying it's it's called the PlayStation 5. <laughs> it's called the PlayStation 5. I, I, and They did show a prototype of the controller which looks to be just the DualShock 4 
Um, with Dual Shock Five now. Well, they <laughs> haven't said that. They haven't said that's the name. But yes, the Dual. We're on the edge the of t- our seats right now. I think Six the, Axis Two. <laughs> I think minus the uh, battery life. I think the Dual Shock Four is my favorite controller of all time. Like, I love it. Feels great in my hand. So I'm excited for that. I like how they danced around the topic too of um, how it's going to have more intuitive rumble and resistance features. Mm. You know, making sure to steer clear of calling it HD rumble. Yeah, because it's Nintendo not Nintendo all over again. Yeah. Uh, so they were talking about like some haptic feedback and like resistance and the triggers, which would give you like, which that's a cool idea, right? Like being able to change how a trigger feels for like a given right. gun in a game. That's neat. I have a feeling it will turn out to be the same way that Rumble does for me, though. Uh, it's like once I'm 20 minutes in, I don't really notice it anymore. Uh, it's cool. Right. Who will use so it? I, I don't know. Xbox One already has that. And nobody uses it. So like the uh well nobody uses the, Xbox One that's probably the problem. Right? <laughs> that's true, but I think Forza is like the one of the only games that I've ever felt that actually use like the feedback on the triggers. Sure. Um yeah, I'll tell you. Is it cool that, when it's implemented though? Hey, it you can kind of feel it, yeah, but at the same time that it feels like it's getting in the way. You sure. know, like you're just like cuz yeah, you get the muscle memory, I suppose, like it's supposed yeah. to feel a certain way. Yeah. I think the whole thing is comical, you know, where, okay, we get a, a rough release time, 2020 holiday season, which, you know, that's no surprise. Uh, but yeah, not talking anything more about the, the console games or anything like that, but let's talk about the controller. That's all that we care <laughs> about. And so that's what everyone is talking about is like, this one's got some special rumble features and some special trigger features. Yeah, and I just think of Nintendo gimmicks. I don't know why yeah. I always just put everybody in that in that pile. And I feel like maybe like more of that was just because they don't have a lot ready because I think a lot of this was a strategic move, right? Like they're looking yep. at their competition. Um the Switch, whether or not you consider it competition to Sony and Xbox doesn't matter, but they really don't have a heavy heavy hitter announced for next holiday season. They haven't announced when Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out. So this kind of like puts Sony's name out there and it also forces Microsoft to make a decision, right? Now Microsoft has to decide because the speculation is they're both coming out next year. Are they going to try and rush them or were they not ready? Was it not coming out for next holiday season? Um, so it puts them in a pretty good spot going into this holiday season where maybe they don't have a lot going on. And in fact, they don't, but it's keeping the PlayStation name out there. Um, I think it's smart. I, so, like, the one thing that I question is you go, they haven't announced the size of the hard drive. We know that it's going to have a 200, was it 200 gigabyte solid state drive? Or maybe okay. they didn't even yeah. say. Maybe they didn't say. I, they just said it's going to have a solid state drive, which I assume is going to run the CPU. I don't know that the solid state drive will be the storage. I would see that being very expensive. I wouldn't be surprised if there's two. But then the thing that kills me is they're going to prioritize installs. So you can install certain parts of games first. Or maybe have the option to not install certain portions of games at all. But it's, again, mandatory installs, and you're getting a 4K Blu-ray drive to read data off and install it off of a 100-gigabyte disk. Why are you staying with physical media? Like, if I'm just getting a platter that goes in to install to my... Like, I don't need a 100-gig disk to do that. Like, just... Who cares at this point? Just give me physical. Or just give me digital. Like, it doesn't matter. If I'm sitting there waiting for it to install anyway, it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, that that installing different parts of the game is really intriguing because I you'd almost have to compile it in a separate way. As like almost separate executables on the thing already. So <laughs> that's really interesting. I mean you see some of that now though, right? Like games where like I'm just thinking like the last Call of Duty Black Ops where it's like you could install portions of it and play them before installing like other multiplayer portions. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. Like I wonder how companies will look at that. If that'll be a required thing. Right. Or you know, or or if it's just up to the Or will game it just maker. be first party Sony, you know? Yeah. <sighs> you know I- there's a certain uh news uh outlet, I can't remember which one that I was reading, and you know, they're just desperately trying to get clicks and traction because it was let's compare the scarlet to the ps5 and i was like this is gonna be like there's no information and it was literally a paragraph (laughs) like this is someone got paid to write this and uh that's all you got it just cracks me up let me i'm not gonna say i'm a genius and have inside knowledge let me predict the future they're both going to be remarkably similar like consoles are just computers they're both using amd like Come on. It's not going to matter. What controller do you like better? Do you want Gears of War 15? The or do you NES want controller. Uncharted 45? <laughs> Take your poison. Pick get, your poison. Get that brick in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you, I, do you, I'll go ahead. Do you think it matters who goes first? Who gets it out first? No. I I don't I, think I it, feel PS PlayStation is going to be superior anyways. Yeah, I think I don't think it matters this gen just because Xbox is lagging so far behind. I think it's going to be a slow burn for them in in the way that the 360 was where it could come to market dominance, but I mean the 360 was just kind of like another option for the first 2 to 3 years of its life and then it was the dominator, you know what I mean? I, and I think like they're going to have to do the same thing because they've got such a they had so many people who jumped off the Xbox bandwagon to PS4 and now even further to P or to PC that yeah it, it wouldn't matter to me if if Xbox came out next year and PlayStation 5 came out 2021 I still think the overall landscape is going to be a huge PlayStation 5 install base where the Xbox is just going to like really have to work for it they haven't released anything on price points yet, right? No. It's probably safe to say four ninety nine or under. I don't think you can go yeah. above that. No. <clears throat> At that point, buy a PC. For the hardware they're talking about, though, it's seems like it could be pushing five hundred if Oof. Sony's not willing to lose a lot of money. And yeah. I think Xbox is, has to lose money. Like they need to provide show some incredible value. I think this time around. Yeah, well, they're building the infrastructure and the goodwill in the industry on the back end, so hopefully they can turn that into a strong next console. Mm-hmm. Man, I would have a hard time spending five hundred bucks on. I don't know. I mean, it was four hundred for the PS4, though, right? I mean, I and the Pro was the same. Was it four or four? I bought mine for two ninety nine yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, but you also bought it. Two years short of Last it being the, the old gen, right? Like, I mean, you right. you came in at the right time, like. But I mean, I 
you know, you could do the same thing with PS5, right? Because I, I, I love the PS4. I, I really want a PlayStation 5 to see what's next, but like, I am not ready for next gen yet. Um, not even close. Mm-hmm. And I suspect we're going to have this weird, like, year and a half of ports like we did this generation. So I'm not going to buy it right away. So maybe by the time I get it, it's going to be a hundred dollars off. I don't know. Yeah. I mean the big, the big points that they're making so far, like is ray tracing and graphics and, you know, some SSD stuff. And it's like, well, that stuff's nice, but it's not $500 at day one. Nice for me anyway. When right. I have plenty of PS4 and Xbox games. play. Right well, it's now. funny with that kind of stuff too, like those little visual tweaks and like the quality of life, like reduced load times, like instant loading, like that stuff is all very mind blowing the first few times you see it. And then you just forget that it was a thing. <laughs> so it's not as impactful, right? Yeah. And you, you kind of, it happens with every generation. Like it's really cool. And then it's just commonplace. So I don't know. I can and half deal the with time, the really cool thing. Yeah. And half the time, the really cool things they get rid of because nobody uses them. So. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about you, Wii U TV. Yeah. No, we're not. <laughs> Nobody missed. We that. all thought. We all thought about that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so I again, this surprised no one, but it's cool that someone came out of the gate and said, "Hey, yep, twenty twenty, it's happening." And I'm glad it was Sony. Seems like they're having a big shakeup in their uh, system for people. Yeah, they've been losing some people, haven't they? Yeah, they lost their CEO or something like that. Out of just whatever reason. It sounded like it was a, maybe a a screw this, I'm leaving type situation. I don't know. I mean, as long as they don't lose the dude who brought us NAC and NAC 2 and I get NAC 3 launch day with PlayStation 5. I mean, don't don't do that to us, Sony. I need my NAC 3 fix. Mm -hmm. With ray tracing this time. (laughs) Oh. So in other gaming news, kind of uh, touching on the other player in the industry that we haven't talked about, um, Nintendo dropped another mobile game. Mario Kart Tour came out to iOS and Android, I think same day, uh, free to start or free to play game, depending on how you look at it. Um, it is basically kind of a dumbed down version of Mario Kart 8 for your phone. Um, it controls a little bit weird. You can purchase items. Um, you can purchase a lot of items, more than any other Nintendo game so far. Um, there is a monthly subscription service that's four ninety nine a month, which is kind of crazy considering it launched alongside Apple Play. <laughs> and then there is a lock of the two hundred CC behind that monthly subscription, also. So here's my take on it, like. That came out, a lot of people instantly looked at it, saw you could spend a lot of money, didn't give it a chance, assumed it was all pay to win, and um, I I really feel bad for those people, you've, you've done yourself a disservice, like, is it the greatest Mario Kart game ever? No, but it's a really good Mario Kart game that I can play with one finger. Yeah, control's a little weird. Um, is it pay to win? Absolutely not. I have not spent a dime on this thing. I've got over 10 racers unlocked. I've got um, a perfect track record. I've never, every race, so if you're not familiar, every race, minus some special event stuff, is online. I've never lost a race. I've gotten first in all of them. Now, there is some layering to these mechanics where you get stars based on how many points you've earned. Um, And it is easy to spend money 
to get higher point value items that multiply into you unlocking more stars to progress through different circuits. However, I feel that hasn't hindered my enjoyment at all or really slowed down my gameplay at all. Uh, they've added daily challenges. They've added new circuits, new tours. I come back every day. I, I don't know about you guys. If you've both played it, I know Andy, you said you have. Yeah, I played it a decent amount. I, it's, it's not something that I've come back to a lot, but it's, it's fun enough when you have a minute, you know, to, I think it's the perfect amount of, of, uh, racing when you, when it's only two laps. I really love that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think if you do a third lap, that's it's for how easy it has been. At least it seems like that there's not a whole lot of skill, <laughs> you know, you're just, What's the point of having a third lap when all you're doing is waiting for the blue shell to come? <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's actually one gripe I do have is like some of the daily challenges have been to take out an opponent with the horn. Well, you only get the horn if you're in first and usually I'm in first by a quarter of a lap. So I can almost never get that challenge unless I luckily get the horn like right this start because I'm crushing people. And yeah, like you said, like I so, think- so humble too. <clears throat> Hey. I've always gotten first. I, uh, you know, about a quarter I mean, uh, ahead of everybody. I'm kind of a big deal. I'm, the internet's <laughs> catching up, though. It, it is. Uh, but I, I do like the two lap, two lap thing, like you said. I mean, also, you know, because the races are pretty easy, but also because that time frame, it like it really fits those races in like a two three minute thing. I think we talked a little bit before the recording. Like this is my go to like toilet game now. So you know, there's nothing like uh, hitting that toadstool circuit and flushing one down while I'm. Well, I'm uh, sitting on the toilet, so it's good. <laughs> I, I haven't checked out the game yet. I know you you were like, nay, you got to go check it out. I think that kind of came out in the midst of my moving and stuff, and I forgot about it. But um, I really haven't heard a ton of negative things about it. Uh, on Twitter, there's people that are really enjoying it. And uh, I have it downloaded, just haven't tested it out yet. And I really haven't given Ryan a run for his money yet, Yeah, but I no, will because I, I, I will say, be first and they will write songs about me. Yeah. I would say like <laughs> the overwhelming, like first 48 hour press was very negative on this game. And I just feel like that was not just, and I feel kind of like people really didn't give it a chance because they were disgusted by something they imagined without really sitting down and sinking time into it. Well, they just jump all over. It's a mobile game. It's a mobile game. Um, but you said it a little earlier. I mean, this just shows that really Nintendo can be on anything right. <laughs> and uh, and be successful with it. I feel be successful with it. Um, yeah. I think if this was their first one on the mobile, I would be worried because I would have been like, I don't want them to focus all their time and effort on this being the Mario Kart because it's not the superior right. Mario Kart. No, it, I would much rather play a console Mario Kart than this game. Yeah. Absolutely, but is it the but, best Mario Kart you could play with one finger? Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. This is this is bathroom Mario Kart. Exactly. Yeah. And as and with the track record that they've shown so far, I know that it seems like Nintendo's like, hey, we make easy money on mobile, but we're still, you know, really focused on quality console games. So. Well, outside of Link's Awakening, it sounds like. <laughs> I did hear a good argument, though, like somebody was saying, like, instead of offering it as free, because I think this had something like 93 million downloads already. Like, wow. what if they had just put it out for 
99 cents. Because they'd yeah. have maybe lost 10 million downloads and they still had 80. That's a lot of money. I mean, yeah. they could have done that. I'd have bought it. 99 cents. Who cares about a buck? And you still could have had microtransactions in there, but maybe not this subscription thing that they're doing every month. Mm-hmm. You could be rolling in the dough. So they had this huge upfront sum and then they still would have had their money maker. And I think Fire Emblem Heroes is still continuing to generate the most revenue for them, which is probably my favorite mobile game that they've put out. But this is definitely, I think, much more approachable and probably a longer lasting for like good, simple fun. Um, I feel like that Dr. Mario thing was like, yeah, this is an okay thing, but it wasn't even the best puzzle game mm-hmm, on right. mobile. It was just a Mario puzzle game. So, mm-hmm. Well, the audience on, on Mario Kart games is so broad. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, you have a young generation that, that eats it up. People like us, we're, we're all about it, too. So, I mean, they did it right, for sure. Yeah, there's a reason why Mario Kart 8 is still, like, the third best-selling game. Mm-hmm. Like, when you look at video game sales after all these years and, like, a reboot or, like, just a rebrand, you know, for the Switch. It's not 93 million sales, but... <laughs> That's true. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, at least, you know, people give Sonic and their characters a lot of shit. But at least that universe is not infected with babies. And this game is just baby version of every Mario character. And I've had enough of babies. Yeah, why did that have to start? Was that like Double Dash when that started I, happening? Yeah, it was... Yeah, I don't get it. Well, Baby Mario from uh, right, Yoshi's, Yoshi's Island. Island. But as far as like being in the driver roster, I feel like Double Dash yeah. was the first time I really recall that. Yeah. And then Mario Kart 8 just went nuts with it. Like, I'm fine with each and every Koopa kid, but I don't need baby Luigi and baby Mario. And it's a good But now there's like baby Daisy and baby. <laughs> it's just like, stop. It's got to be a Japanese thing, right? Yeah, I don't know. I like babies. <laughs> I'm not sure. Japan. They don't have enough of them. Let so. us know. Give us a call. Reach, reach out to us. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Should we. Do one more little news piece, maybe just like a a touch on an update from yet another contender in the video game market, the Atari VCS. (laughs) Kind of back in the news, mostly because they had no news. They they promised after their delay to 2020, March of 2020, for the release of the new Atari VCS, that there would be an update uh, for backers this summer. They got in like a little bit of a Twitter scuffle when someone pointed out that... um, in September that that was officially the last day of summer, yet you completely failed to update us to which they replied. Like we didn't promise you that we would have an update on this date. And, uh, there was a little bit of news that finally came out this last week. And that is that they still haven't completed the design of their console. Good news. And that the company, the gentleman and his design team who were, I guess they were also involved with the Xbox project who are doing the design work on this are leaving the project because Atari has not paid their design uh, expenses and invoices uh, for six months now. So that's, I love like anytime we talk about Atari, just, I feel like anybody listening is like, are they still open? Is that still a company? Is that a thing? Oh my gosh. What a mess. I don't, they're just trying to hang on to the glory days. I feel like just just let it go. 
it, you're only good for licensing. It's just kind of sad because they did like a huge like crowdsourcing and everything. And like, it's one thing, right? Like you never want to see a project fail. Like I always expected that something would come out from this, but now it's looking to the point where like this might not even like this has a 50, 50 chance at this point of not even coming out period for anyone who plunked that money down, which sucks. Well, maybe uh, Sears will come in and save the day and make their version. The telegames, VCS? <laughs> Heck yeah. I heard they're doing financially pretty well. They got all that Kmart money coming in. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that thing just, I mean, once you get to that point where you're not paying the people that are working on it, it that's when projects just don't happen. It's it's done. It's killed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if I was Tommy Tallarico, I'd be like, hey, how about we just license you and you can be, we, this can be the Intellivision and Atari thing. <laughs> it's the whole thing. The Amico VCS. I like it. Yeah. Because that thing at least looks like it's going to happen. <laughs> yes. I, I would 100% believe that. Something will come out from Intellivision. Do, will it, will it will it exist or thrive in the market? I'm gonna lean on no, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, Intellivision Mini, Atari yeah. Mini, that's what we're going. <laughs> There's some intriguing aspects to the Amico, but yeah, I, I mean, at this point, when you're losing your design people, you're clearly not paying people, and you're over six months away from a release yet. To everyone who's handed you money, that's just. They still haven't good. gotten past the, here's the shell of a thing that we're going to show you. And that's been going on for like 18 months now, which yeah. I feel bad. Like, I don't want to see that. Like, I would love to see like something come out and properly pay tribute, but I don't think, I don't think this is going to be it. doesn't seem like they're I feel like we've had enough of those, those moments of paying tribute, you know, flashbacks. And I mean, it's, I feel like they're beating a dead horse at this point. <laughs> right. Or maybe you are with the baseball bat. Maybe I am. Give me a baseball bat. Give me a horse. I'll show it what's up. Put a jockey on there. I don't care. <laughs> Horses wear jockeys? Yeah. It's the new snit kit. <laughs> oh, gosh. You, you guys heard like that huge clusterfuck that is the Miss Pac-Man? Yes. No. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so at games, the people that make the shitty flashback systems now technically own the rights to Miss Pac-Man. But they didn't, and they were trying to license it to retail stores against Namco's wishes. So after Namco filed the lawsuit, they bought the rights from the company who was holding <laughs> it, because apparently it wasn't Namco. Oh my gosh. Yeah, for I mean, ever since Miss Pac-Man was invented, it was like a ROM hack, you know. Yeah, and the guys that created that have owned the rights ever since, and Namco's never bought it, which is just nuts to me. If well, they were for sale, apparently like they couldn't ever like come to terms, like, which kind of makes you wonder, like, how cheap was Namco trying to be with buying that? <laughs> and I mean, really, they probably didn't see any value in it over the last, like, maybe, well, maybe not the last few years, but like early two thousands to twenty fifteen, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of hilarious. I mean, potentially though, like this has a big enough consequences because they're also being sued by retailers, Walgreens, 
<laughs> ad games could finally go belly up. Apparently, you know, 10 plus years of producing garbage clone consoles has caught up with them. Yeah, and then and, lying about them. <laughs> and those, like, Blast series things that they put out last fall, you know, you see in, like, Walmarts everywhere with those shitty wireless controllers that are just a train wreck. Like, I swear to God, like, those never leave the shelf. Every time I go yeah. to a Walmart, there's still, like, 500 of them. Nobody's buying that crap. Yeah. Never at a discount price. No. Either. Seventy nine ninety nine all day long. <laughs> well, when our target in fargo remodeled they cleared out like their whole game and tchotchke section i bought two of those for like 668 or something and, oh, really? and i spent exactly 667 too much because they're <laughs> just flaming trash it's so bad i think i gave one away i did at our game exchange i gave one to ben and i apologized I'm like i'm sorry take this <laughs> It's Here, bad. Have, have this. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, what a great story, though. Great story. We're getting sued. Let's get the rights. Yeah, getting sued because they used. Yeah, that's because what they were producing like three quarters or one quarter size arcades, right? Like little tabletop. I think it was like it, prototypes. It was yeah. They were pitching it, so they were trying to land the deals through major retailers, and then had no approval from Namco to do so. Namco caught wind of it, as they would. It's funny. I mean, I just don't know who At Games has left in their side at this point after Sega's finally, after <laughs> a decade, Sega's like, wait, these things you make for us are bad. We can't, we can't do these. I know you've made 15, but we got to do a proper one. Yeah, and I think, you know, once you have Hyperkin, that's pretty much the only left one left, you know, in that space. Right. And at least they're letting you use a real cartridges, not like yeah. some goofy plug and play shit, even if their emulation isn't perfect. <laughs> yeah. So a little bit of news there, but being this is our Halloween episode, I thought it'd be fun. Like just kind of dive into the topic, you know, our gaming history growing up. Maybe talk about some games that kind of left an impact on you in your younger years or maybe even in your adult years that that genuinely scared you um, or creeped you out to the point where you maybe were afraid to play them or had to have the lights on, maybe wet yourself. <laughs> any, I think sta- if I, any standouts? If I would have saw Splatterhouse when I was younger, I would have been freaked out by that game. Oh my gosh, yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, I went to play that alone. That's for sure. I think one of the first games that really creeped me out as a kid, and this is going to sound weak. Is this your but story again? Stop. No, it's not Operation Wolf. So okay, down. good. I've manned up since then. <laughs> since I've three months up. ago. <laughs> right. I pl- I put I it in my Nintendo, first... and it ran out crying. I don't know what happened. I did. Uh, little known fact that Operation Wolf freaked me out. Um, First game that kind of just I would play with the lights on is Metroid. And I think it was just the creepy music, uh, especially when you'd get into the sections of the stage that has just kind of um, dead silence. And then occasionally like an ambient noise would come through. Man, that scared the crap out of me. And my brother had Metroid and it was his game. 
And I remember just sitting and watching and he'd get to that point and I'm like, man, we should turn the lights on. This is, uh, this is a little scary. Um, and it's still like, I'm, it's still to this day, like it's just, it's just different. It's just a little creepy and a little, you don't know exactly what, uh, uh, what you're going to be walking into, or what you're going to be finding. And not like any of the, the enemies in that game are terrifying or gory or anything like that, but. Uh, it just really shows the the power of of music or lack mm. thereof of music and what that can do to a game. I, you could probably put that same same music track on a Super Mario Brothers, and you'd be like, uh, "It's really dark." So, yeah, I could totally see that. I think for me, like the old PC games were s- kind of similar like that, but more on the color side because PCs had a very you know, small color palette, you know, 16 colors, eight colors sometimes. And I think that's what really freaked me out when seeing some of those games, because things just didn't look right, you know, because the colors were wrong. And, you know, obviously sounds weren't, weren't uh, very realistic, but uh, I think the big one for me was probably the first game where I was like, I don't want to play this. I'll watch it, but I don't want to play it is probably resident evil. Mm. Um, I had many friends that had it, loved to play it. I watched it, you know, here and there, but I had no interest in actually playing it. <laughs> yeah, that game definitely was kind of revolutionary and just the fear it brought up both because, like, the clunky controls, the limited mm-hmm. ammo, but just, like, the jump scares. And that was a game that, yeah, that <clears throat> that gave me nightmares, but I, w- I would kind of do it to myself because i i was in my mid-teens probably at that point when i bought it for the playstation played it and i would actually shut the door close the blinds turn the lights off and that's how i played (laughs) that game so just added like this extra layer and like that loading screen with the door like man your heart was just thumping Mm. it's yeah that that one left an impression i think like the first game for me though that i really got freaked out by for some reason because it's kind of laughable now but zombies ate my neighbors that game, like, especially in the later stages, just because it got so intense and some of those bigger enemies, like the sandworms, even the chainsaw guys, like, just the speed at which they could take you down and, like, the franticness and, like, that that sound, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, ominous, like, a lot of it wasn't. Some of the, some of the, some of the stages were, but it was just, like, that weird, like, off-pitch kind of spooky sound to Twangy, it yeah snes sound yeah i don't know sure. it just, i could see that it really it was like that combination of like the creepy tunes and then just like the intensity and like fear of dying um because that's a game where yeah there's save stages every few stages but really the only way to succeed is to progress through all the stages and build up your inventory because if you start mm-hmm. at like stage 25 with a code you're screwed yeah. um so right. yeah i would just i mean there were times that i couldn't play that game like it just got too intense and like i, I went months without putting it in I'm typically a person that avoids all things creepy. Like I don't really care for horror games or um, even movies. Like I, I just don't watch them. I just don't like them. Uh, and, and I guess a game that has recently freaked me out was my first PlayStation VR experience at Ryan's house where he's like, let's play Until Dawn. And I was like, okay, that sounds fun. And he's like trying to make it this like fun, like unique experience. And so I was like, 
yeah, let's go for that and put the set on. And I was like, man, this looks a little creepy. No, 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 no. You're good. Just, uh, just ride that roller coaster (laughs) and, uh, just, just see what happens. And I was pissed that, uh, I, I was playing this game. I just hate games like that. I hate things jumping out at you, especially with creepy clowns and shooting them. And, and that whole VR immersive experience was, ugh. I I still like I don't even want to touch the cover of that game. It's just so <laughs> gross. Like I I have no. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Ryan. That, that game that game creeps the shit out of me too. But I love it. Like I've beaten most of it. But I would agree. And actually, I said I would never do it because actually the demo, traditional demo, non VR version of Resident Evil Seven had me so on edge with like its atmosphere that I couldn't even make myself finish that. And uh, I went through the target clearance aisle and found myself a copy of Resident Evil seven. Oh no. (laughs) And uh, I think I'm going to make myself play it in VR here very soon. Oh my gosh. I just, I gotta see, I gotta see if I can live stream this thing. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like I might, it might make for a good video, right? Uh, yeah. Record you pissing yourself. (laughs) I guarantee you there will be screaming. I it's funny, I've been following this um I don't know if you guys ever heard of Battlefield Friends and Machinima. It was like an animated no. show, it was hilarious. You can find some I mean a lot of that stuff got taken down, but you can find some stuff. But anyway, those guys moved on to a gaming channel called Neebs Gaming. And they've been doing some VR stuff, and there's one from a couple of years ago and it was called like Walk the Plank or something. So they they've got the dude standing there on camera, he's in VR, and there's four of them in this group, four or five. And the guy's like standing on the edge of this plank on the skyscraper he's like well what the hell like how do i end this what do i do now the guy's like i don't know maybe like fall off or something and then off camera some arm comes in like shoves the dude and he's just screaming like completely loses it (laughs) (laughs) you know the character falls off in the game but he's like i did not see that coming that's awesome i'm just like that yeah i think that needs to happen yeah they did one with drunken bar fight too that was pretty entertaining But yeah, that I, I I think that's gonna be a challenge for me because I don't know what it is. Like I just can't deal with intense games anymore. I don't know if it's me getting soft in my old age or being a father or whatever. But even like The Last of Us, like some of those seg- sections where like it just got really intense with like, those shriekers, and uh, I just I don't need that in my gaming <laughs> diet anymore. I can just stick to something less terrifying give you kirby well i and i I'm, I'm like the fumbly hand guy right like if i get in like an intense game and i'm panicking like i'm hitting every button wrong i mean i might as well just throw the control on the floor at that point not i'm not succeeding yeah at least like you know there's a horror games like that where you're gonna get like until dawn like the original game or even like the vr thing That's it's fun. gonna be the same it's gonna be the same scares every time right, right? You know what's going to happen. Whereas, like, Last of Us is like, you're punished because you fucked up, you know? Right. And and you're just sitting there like, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up. So, yeah, the, the intensity is just, is what makes the horror, pretty much. And that's kind of, like, a good one to call out as far as, like, being scary and kind of enjoyable. Because it doesn't really require anything more than, like, decisions and quick time events. But, like, mm-hmm. that first Until Dawn, have you played a significant amount of that? I, I watched the whole thing before. Online. Okay. So I've played yeah. like the first like three hours maybe. And like, yeah, that's very much, I would say, you know, we talked about 
the haunting, but really until dawn is not a game, right? It's a choose your own adventure movie, mm-hmm. horror movie. And that, <clears throat> that does some cool stuff. Like that's kind of a fun experience. I think that would be a really cool game to just like a couple people on a couch, just like enjoying the story. Go through it. Yeah. Yeah. The facial recognition and stuff on it. Well, some of it's cringy, but a lot of it's done really well. Yeah. That game creeped me out too. Although I, I think it's just, I think it's that element, like removing the, the requirement to like really play precisely that I'm able to just watch that more as like a movie and it doesn't get to me as much as something like resident evil does. I don't know why. Yeah. Or even the until dawn rush of blood and VR, like having to be able to shoot things and not like piss myself is very difficult. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. You guys ever played any like those Outlast games or anything where No way. What about like Resident Evil Nemesis, the constant fear of something or even I guess there's the liquor in Resident Evil yeah. 2, like any of that? Not really. No, I've played Tetris before. <laughs> Slenderman? <laughs> that's that's as scary as it gets. You guys ever played Slenderman? Uh, no. No. I I, used, I mean I've seen that. But... I used to play that on PC, like back when Oof. it was like all the rage and I don't know. That game doesn't freak me out because, like, oh the gosh. first Slenderman game, like, he was just like a faceless thing, right? Like, it was weird, yeah. but yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. I think my parents just drilled it into my head to avoid that stuff all the time. <laughs> it still freaks me out. Yeah. Uh, as an as an adult, I just don't care for it. But. I think it would be a good good test of of strength to say, okay, we're gonna play The Last of Us together, and we're gonna see what Nate does here. Um, you'll just see panic and <laughs> just just like when uh, Until Dawn, you know, keeping my eyes closed at points at the <laughs> VR, and I'm just like, I can't, I don't want to look, yeah. I can't even look. I loved when you guys with that. You're just like, nope, nope, taking his headset off, like, nope. <laughs> done we're done yep that was great i i think pt is one of the creepiest scariest things i've ever seen in a video game and it's not when you really look at it there's nothing really happening there's some scary stuff i guess but just that atmosphere yeah just the atmosphere and like the general just creepiness of that house it kind of pisses me off that like i bought a ps4 like nine months too late to get to experience that did you see they hacked it to the camera now? And the uh, ghost lady is actually following behind your character 100% of the time. <laughs> I don't know if I need that. <laughs> I don't know if I need that in my life. Yeah. I went down the rabbit hole on YouTube because it was Halloween of like watching a bunch of those five scariest, most unexplained like pictures or like video clips on the internet. So after like 90 minutes of that last night, like I'm turning on like every light in my house, like from the basement up through the kitchen, living room to my bedroom. <laughs> I got up in the middle of the night to have to piss and it was like the most terrifying thing. <laughs> I can't deal with it. Uh, can't. I don't know why I do this to myself. Ladies and gentlemen, we're 30 year olds. We're 30 somethings <laughs> and we're like, no, I can't even walk through my house and go pee. <laughs> I'm so scared. And the best part is like we're all dads. So it's like there could be like right. a, a headless like horseman, like. 10 feet in front of us but if our kids were there we're like no nah, nah, no big deal just guy no head <laughs> but like you get us alone terrified yep. <laughs> no 
No, even with my kids, I push my kids towards them and take <laughs> off running. You can have the firstborn. <laughs> Everyone for themselves. <laughs> we can make more. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm getting soft. We're getting soft in our old age, I think. Mm. I think that's true. In more ways than one. It's kind of funny, like, I, I was probably a lot like Nate, where my parents did not watch a lot. They said, you know, very protective of that stuff. And I'm trying to remember the scariest movie that I ever watched as a young person. I think it was Sign. And that's the one that really creeped me really? out. Yeah. That's sad. I, that's the scariest and see, thing you saw. I, and that's, that's the thing. Like, once I go back to it now, and it's like, wow, that's pretty weak. But uh, back then, it was like, wow, that was a... It was a scary thing to a boy who's never seen really scary stuff. So yeah, see, I grew up in the age of like the dawn of. Well, I'm a few. I'm a couple years older than these guys. Not like wildly. I'm not like the old man or anything by any means. But a couple. He's sixty. Years a couple old. years enough of a lead time that the dawn of the VHS player and then the overwhelming success of Poltergeist. That mm. I didn't see Poltergeist in its entirety until I was much older, but thanks to you know. Bits and pieces, like older kids at daycares and relatives, and then later on USA Network. Like, man, when I saw that, freaked me out. Like, some of those scenes are just burned into my brain. <laughs> just that whole like burial graveyard aspect of like remains being like coming up in your backyard through, through the rain and stuff. And so, like, I had to bury my hamster at like five. And we found like a nice tree, like down the block in like a wooded area that wasn't <laughs> developed. And like, I was just terrified that the hamster was going to claw his way out and like eat my face off. <laughs> and just seeing static on the TV with that creepy little girl back when television still had static and that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. That sound is unsettling to this day. What doesn't she say they're coming or something like that? Yeah. Too? Yeah. It's not good. I once, uh, I, I was dating someone and no way. Uh, good for you. She, yeah. I mean, I can't believe it happened myself. It was amazing. Uh, so I got asked to, to go to a movie and I, I don't really follow what's on TV. I haven't seen a lot of previews or anything like that. And so I ended up, uh, sadly, this is in, um, I think college at some point. And then, all right, let's go to a movie. And it was called The Grudge or Grudge. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, well, I, uh, I'll i go see it. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> I'm assuming it's probably a rom-com. I was so pissed. I was there. I was like, why did I pay for this ticket? Why would I take you to the... <laughs> I mean, we, we shortly broke up after that, not because the movie... But maybe because of the movie, I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's funny because, like, I also saw that in college, and I went to it with a buddy of mine. And at the time, I had an apartment with a girlfriend. My girlfriend had gone back home for the weekend, so I get back from this movie. It's like midnight. I literally slept with the lights on in the whole apartment. All my, I was freaked the fuck out. I had to have the closet doors like closed. Yeah, man, that movie. That movie was all sorts of scary and i've seen it since i don't really and it doesn't bother me remember it uh, yeah. just that just that jawless like ah, chick and then like walking down the stairs and that cat kid thing whatever right. the fuck that was yeah that movie well i mean a lot a lot of the me. issues i had 
you know, at these movies, I tend to like act really cool. This one, I was not cool. I was <laughs> pissed. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like staring at the floor, like hunched over <laughs> like a big pansy. <laughs> yeah, girl, I can protect you. No problem. No, I'm staring at the floor and then I'm like closing my eyes and I just hear the sounds. And I'm like, this isn't helping. Do I plug my ears yeah. and look like a complete idiot? Just that scene. Gosh, I too, can't handle this stuff, guys. Just that scene too, where like it came up through the sheets. Because that was another piece. I took all the blankets off the bed that night too, in addition <laughs> to sleeping with the lights on. And I just bundled up. I layered. I was just like, nope, not doing blankets by myself in this room right now. Uh-huh. This is not how our happening. listeners are. Like, man, you guys are a bunch of pansies. Like if they've listened to us by now, they're already aware. But yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, God, okay, yeah, you're dredging, dredging up like horrible memories. Thanks for that, Nate. Thanks. That's all I got for scary movies. I don't remember really much. My wife and I watching like watching anything as a kid. When we were dating up through like probably the first three years of being married before we had kids, like we were both pretty big into like we didn't always agree on what we wanted to watch movie wise, but we always liked horror movies. So I watched hundreds of horror movies. I don't know why it was our thing, and then it's just like once we had kids, it's just kind of we stop doing... Well, you can't really have them on, right? Because kids don't stay in their room. They're always... Mm-hmm. So, for right. one, for the first few years, you can't enjoy a movie. And then after that, you can only kick them out of the room so much before it's just not worth doing. So, just don't watch them is kind of what happens. But, yeah, man, I, I've seen so many, like, mid-2000s and early-2000s horror movies. I bet I caught virtually everything. We'd go to them in the theater. I don't know why. It was just... We loved them. And now... I couldn't even tell you the last one I watched. Pet Cemetery, which sucked. It was a shitty remake. Jeepers Creepers. Oh, those are so stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing weird names up. Are, are those the hillbillies? No, Jeepers no, Creepers re- is the guy that, like, he's the I'm... Apple kid. Oh, and yes, yes. The guy wears your face. I was thinking of Wrong Turn, which is a great. I love those. Oh, okay. Yeah, those are good. That one. I don't know. There's something about like inbred hillbillies that really skeeve me out. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the I was laughing at those, but really, yeah. but what the hills have I reboots? I did not like those at all. I saw yeah. that one scene where they're in the camper, and that was enough to be like, no, I can't do it. See, like I can, yeah. Well, you know, you talk about that scene in the camper. Like I can tolerate that a lot more than I can like some of those. Really, Oof. there's that other there's that other movie that came out a while ago, like Last House and the Left or whatever, and it's like. Uh, maybe that's not the right movie, but it's like a drama, like an action drama, and like it's you know people like raping teenage girls, and I'm like that's way more traumatic to me than like some weird horror. I mean, I guess it's fucked up to like have a chick chained in the basement and like running a train on her, but like that's at least not a believable scenario. Where like some of those dramas and stuff, I just can't do it. Yeah. Well, are you ready to get tested on some uh, horror movies? Bring it. Clearly, we're if clearly it, we're prepared. If it's not, if it's not the Grudge or Jeepers Creepers, I don't know. How about, <laughs> how about Joyride or whatever that was? What is that one with the Fast and Furious guy? Candy cane. Is that, oh, I don't. I don't remember that one. I don't know. Okay. Yes. Yes, we're ready. Eight and I are prepared. Okay. Well, we'll do it similar to how we did last week. Uh, 
one of the first things I knew about uh, Ryan is he's very much of a fan of Army of Darkness, mm-hmm. Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. So a huge. I fan. very I quickly associated you two horror movies. Um, so I think you I'll say throw horror you so quickly that it sounds like you. You're saying horror movies, and it makes it sound like I have a porn problem, which I don't appreciate, Andy. It must be a Midwestern accent thing. I don't know. <laughs> We're probably all saying it the same way, and I'm just, like, <laughs> busting your balls for no reason. Uh, so I'll probably th- throw them to you first, and then uh, you don't get it. Nate naked, na- naked steel. Oh, I got this. Yeah. I got your back here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are these multiple are- choice? No, mo- oh, most shit. of these are are 80s. How many guesses do I get? Oh. Uh, we'll give you two. Okay. Yeah. Okay, question number one. The prop mask of Michael Myers in Halloween is actually what? A hockey mask. Goal, referee, goalie mask. No? No, Halloween. Michael oh, Myers. oh, Michael Myers. Yeah. Is actually what the prop that they used for his mask? A Nixon mask. It's close. Kennedy. I'm out of guesses. You got a chance to steal Nate. No, I got this, guys. Um, It is a mask of a famous person. Okay, somewhat Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) No. Uh, it's an off-the-shelf mask of uh, Captain Kirk. Oh. oh. When you really look at it, you can kind of see it's a Shatner mask. Nice. Especially in his older years. Yeah, that makes more sense now. Yeah. Well, his cheeks flaring a little bit. <laughs> can you imagine that? How does that make you feel? Like, where you're like, oh, we need a really fucked up face for a monster. <laughs> and you're like... Oh, it's William Shatner's face. So is it painted <laughs> or is it inside out? Oh, that's a good point. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm sure they paint it, right? Yeah. It's white, I'm mostly. sure, yeah, yeah. And maybe cut the hair a little bit. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the hair. I didn't even think about that. That's hilarious. Poor Shatner. Yeah. Off to a good start here. Yeah, zeros all around. Way to go, Nate. <laughs> Hey, I'm pulling my weight. All right. Question number two. The director of Spider-Man 3 is also famous for what series? Evil Dead. Yeah. That was Sam Raimi. Yes. Evil Dead, Andy. (laughs) Yeah. That looks like we're uh, one and one. (laughs) Question number three. John Carpenter is famous for many classic 70s and 80s movies. Which of these holds the highest IMDb score? Big Trouble in Little China, Halloween, Assault on Precinct 13, Escape from New York. Halloween? Nate, do you want to steal? Um, Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go with the last one. What was that? It's the precinct thing. Assault on Precinct 13? Yeah. That is correct. Yeah, I thought what? so. What? <laughs> you don't even know what movie that is. I don't even know what movie that is. 
I've seen the remake of it. I'm a really good test taker. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be tired with Nate in this bullcrap. Come on. All right. So it's one to one. It's two to one. <laughs> Stop. One of the hair metal band Dawkins' biggest hits was made for and shares the name of what horror movie? Oh, God. I don't know. It is metal. Oh, jeez. I mean, let me think. I got nothing. I mean, I could... Can I get a hint? No. Okay, I'll give you the uh, the franchise, but you got to say the, the subtitle. Okay. It's uh, Nightmare on Elm. Street? Yeah. One of those movies. We. That's a song? Nightmare no, on that, 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 that's a franchise. The, the, the song is actually the subtitle of the movie. Oh, I don't know. I've never, <clears throat> I've never been into those movies, so. Hashtag fake horror movie fan. What is it? <laughs> Dream Warriors. Oh, that's a very eighties ass song title right there. Yep. <clears throat> nice. I didn't get a chance to steal. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna go with Dream Warriors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you, you get a point. There you go. Three to one. <laughs> it's not three. <laughs> Cheater. Okay, this one is obviously not eighties, but the first movie ever to film a toilet. To film a toilet. Yep. They have a toilet in a film. Mm, yeah, it's it? black and white. What'd you say? Black and white? I said ghoulies. That must not be it. Nope. It's black and white. Nate, do you have a chance? Yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> that is a very scary movie, but no. <laughs> Dang yep. it. Okay. Um, I don't know. Um <laughs> well if it's black and white. I'm going to go with Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead. I don't know which. No, no I got no. nothing. Uh, it's Psycho. Well, that makes sense now that you say it. I mean, I was in the bathroom. Four mm-hmm. right. Shut up, cheater. <laughs> Number six. Uh, this 50s and 80s horror movie shares the name of the fattest X-Men villain. Fattest? Mm-hmm. Hopefully it has a snitch kit. Snit. It's a sneeze and a shit. <laughs> I Simple. have no idea what your product is. <laughs> oh, I All think right, I so messed that up like six times. What's the next question? No guesses. Juggernaut? Nope. Nope. It is the blob. I don't know him. All right. Tim Burton was nearly tabbed to head this classic that features an antagonist, antagonist named Stripe. Stripe. And this was a movie that got made and was released? Mm-hmm. And Tim Burton wanted this. Stripe. Is the, it's a person who's named Stripe? Uh, or is a cre- it a mascot who sells me bubblegum? It's a creature. 
Mm, it's gotta be weird. He wanted Tim Burton to do it. Can't think of a creature. Stripe doesn't indicate to me what type of creature it is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to defer to Nate. Yeah, basketball. <laughs> basketball? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Five one. Uh, little furry creatures from the eighties. Oh, gremlins. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now I feel like a complete <laughs> ascot. Dang it. How did we both not get that? Man, that would be twisted if Tim Burton took that. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine that movie if it was a Tim Burton movie. Be weird. Probably be better, to be honest. <laughs> it's they, a very dark movie. They'd yeah. break out well, in That was the movie that was... Wasn't that the movie that like enacted like the rating system? Because like, all these people went to see this happy holiday movie with their kids, and it turned out to be this like twisted horror yeah. flick. I think a lot of those, like I know, I've heard that from Poltergeist and Indiana Jones. Yeah, did the PG thirteen thing. I just remember Jill wanted to like watch that and like had it was when Lily was younger even, mm. so Lily was probably like four. Oh I'm no! Like, I'm like, okay, we can watch it, and then it's like up until about the halfway mark, and then you're like, all right, we're gonna have to turn this off now. <laughs> it's all cute for the first forty minutes, and then you buy so her a Furby that. for Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> terrifying. All right, number eight. This 1986 sequel to the 1974 scary film with minimal gore transitioned to a blood-filled comedy. It's a sequel mm-hmm. or a remake? It is a dr- it is, numbered it sequel? It is a two, yes. Up. Evil Dead 2? It's a part two. The, the first one was very gory. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, it's like I didn't grow up in the eighties at all. I, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I have no guesses. What about you, Nate? No idea. I'm going to go with Jaws. <laughs> if there's one thing the first Jaws was known for, it's no gore at all. <laughs> right. Uh, Answer is t- Hopefully the listeners understand I'm just picking random movies at this point. <laughs> They're not like, man, he is a big idiot. Uh, answer is uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Oh my God. Uh, you know what's sad is I was about to throw that yeah. out there, but I didn't think the gut. first one was that old. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize it was a 70s movie either, yeah. I thought it was all 80s based. Yeah. Gotta go with your gut there, buddy. Shoulda. Uh, number nine, <clears throat> half of the Coen brothers, Joel Cohen, got his start as an assistant editor on The Evil Dead. Their 1996 breakout film features an assassination gone wrong. What movie? Not really a horror movie, but it pertains to you. Is, um, is, uh, Bruce Campbell in it? Mm, nope. No. I don't think so. Uh, an assassination gone wrong. Not a horror movie? It's, it's the Coen brothers. More like a thriller, yeah. 96. Boy, I'm just failing at pop culture. I'm trying to think. 
Coming up with nothing here. Any guesses for you, Nate? I'm going to go with... He's I, he's looking at his phone. I see him looking at his phone. I'm going to go with... Um, I have no idea. <laughs> with what? It. It? Okay. No, the correct answer is Fargo. Yeah, that was no. my second guess. <laughs> Dang it. 9-1. I just... As someone who currently resides in fargo i like to pretend that that movie didn't exist because it's not a, a real it thing didn't take place in fargo at all well the first scene and b it's terrible <laughs> it was like a side shot of like an abandoned shitty part of town <laughs> now everyone thinks we all talk like don't you know and you betcha and that bullshit thanks oh, to that movie oh yeah we do yeah one of my favorite parts is like they're in brainerd and uh there's there's like skyscrapers in the background <laughs> right that's like one of my things too that i love about the supernatural series it's always like rapid city south dakota and it's just like eight story buildings i'm like oh, oh no it's not uh, uh, i had to sneak that one by you guys because you both live there that's funny you do come visit fargo they've got the uh wood chipper on display at the visitor center it's quite the tourist attraction. Do they really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's. I don't think it's the. Oh, sure. It's just like one that they. Put no, it out is. There. It is the. It's oh. the one. <clears throat> is it? Yep. No, it doesn't make it any more special. Maybe I'll go take a dump in it. See if I can chip that up. <laughs> From the sounds of it, you don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a shit strainer at that point. <laughs> uh, All right. Hilarious. Uh, number ten, Grandpa Monster. Gets back into costume as a parody in the sequel. Oh, <laughs> yes. I know uh, this it, one. Is it a monsters movie? Nope. Parody in the sequel. I know this he, one. He wears the same costume, though. Grandpa Monster. Adam's Family Values? Nate, do you want to steal? I don't know. I don't know what else he would parody. Yeah, I'm going to go with Scream. I don't know. Maybe he is in there. I I was thinking that's not a sequel though. Yeah. Scream's an original. Oh wait, no, that's Scream not two. the the parody. That's not the parody. What's the parody of that? Not another scary movie scary or movie? something. Yeah. Scary movie two. No. Uh, Dang it. Gremlins two. I didn't know this one. What's in Gremlins two? Yeah, he's like one of the uh, TV guys. He he hosts like the horror hour, but he's dressed up just like Grandpa Monster and. It is the same character, basically. Interesting. Gremlins 2 is a weird movie. Yeah, it really is. Never seen it. Is <laughs> that <laughs> so surprising? All right. Number 11. OJ Simpson was nearly cast as this 80s killer who is now part of the Mortal Kombat universe. There was even a comic made using his likeness as the character. I think we're. Has any of I us play got, Mortal Kombat? Has any of us got one right yet? You said I got one. Oh, okay. you got one. Oh, I think you actually got two. Yeah. So I think it's two to one. I got two. How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know any more. Side, but like the guy with the metal arm, the black guy. The metal. Oh. I don't know what is it, what's his name. No, it's a, it's an eighties movie. 
Oh, it's a movie. Yeah, so it's it's a uh, killer from the eighties. No, and he's in. But they just added him as a character in Mortal Kombat, to, as a as a oh. playable character. Okay, okay. Like a prominent eighties. I don't know, Jason. Uh, he's more of. You could say maybe he's action more than horror. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> I, I got nothing. <laughs> All right, it is the Terminator. Yeah. Damn it, Terminator. Could you imagine OJ Simpson as the <laughs> Terminator? No, it'd be a much different yeah. movie. <laughs> At this point, just saying random things. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. <laughs> what the heck? Wesley Snipes isn't a fictional character. <laughs> well, it's not real. We don't know. Yeah. It's all questionable. I've never seen him live, so. We're good at this horror <laughs> stuff. There's this a the podcast. Have you seen that scene? There's a scene in Blade 2, I think, where Wesley Snipes just didn't want to do what the script said. So, and like he was like laying down and they're like you have to wake up and open your eyes he's like no i'm not doing that so they had to like digitally open his eyes <laughs> what oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's where he draws the line huh uh, i guess <clears throat> all right number 12 all work and no play makes jack what a dull boy i got one yay tie game <laughs> was there something in there that i should have known the Shining. Oh yeah, yeah, Shining, Shining, flashlights. Number thirteen. The working title of this '80s slasher flick was "Batteries Not Included." What? Before Spielberg took that title, is it a is it a trick for "Batteries Not Included"? Was that the final release title too? No. Batteries not included, huh? Hmm. Ghoulies? Hmm. I don't know. I'm it's, so it's, bad at this. It's something that would have slasher? batteries. Yep. It would be something that has batteries. Oh. What has batteries that also kills people? Uh... An earth conscious chainsaw user. <laughs> Twister, is that what you just said? <laughs> no. <laughs> no guesses. Uh, it's uh Ch I got nothing. Chucky from Child's Play. God damn it. Oh, that, makes perfect sense. that totally <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Dang it. These are obvious too, and we suck. We're not good. No, I mean I'm better than you, but we're tied. Yeah, bitch. We're, not, we're, we're not good. Uh, number fourteen. This killer went to New York, space, and even hell. Jason. Yep. Yeah. That one. I, I even two, knew that suck one. It. That's more like point five. <laughs> that was given. 
All right, number 15. Telltale Games made a poker game starring a variety of characters like Sam and Max, Claptrap, and this 80s horror icon. The Wolf Among Us? Nope. Uh, what else did they make? It's it's a 80s movie character. Freddy. Freddy Krueger. That's a good guess. But not correct. No. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It is Bruce Campbell's Ash. They made a Telltale That's, game. He's in a he's in a poker game. Yeah. What? Yeah, you play poker against him. Oh my gosh! I should have known that. It's it's the weirdest move, weirdest game I've ever played because it's yeah. On one side of the table, it's claptrap, and the other guy, and he's like talking to Ash. It's really strange. That like covers way too many decades of properties. <laughs> It's like Team Fortress 2 characters in there, I want to say, too. It's really weird. Okay. This 80s monster does horrible things to you while you sleep and is always wearing his iconic sweater. Freddy Krueger. I'll give you one point for that, but there's also another point. Why? Because there's another one that fits this description. Chucky. He's got a turtleneck. I like turtleneck. <laughs> what other one? Uh, so Freddy Krueger is one, and the other one is Bill Cosby. Oh, <laughs> nice dad joke there, Andy. Nice dad, touche. Oh my gosh, touche. <laughs> Awesome. This got really dark. I thought, these, <laughs> I thought the first 14 questions were dark. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, the last question. This is uh, Andy's biggest crush from old horror movies. We got Drew Barrymore from Scream. Jennifer Love Hewitt from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Phoebe Cates from Gremlins. And Christina Ricci from Casper. Richie. Andy looks like a Richie guy. <laughs> uh that there there is two answers to this question. You got one of them right. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Drew Barrymore's the other? Oh. Oh. No, yeah. nobody likes Drew Barrymore. I don't know. Adam Sandler seems to. Well uh. Nate, do you want to get a point? Yeah, I'm going to go with option two there, Andy. Uh, that's incorrect as well. Uh, really? Yeah, Phoebe Cates. Jennifer Love Hewitt? Phoebe Cates from... tops them all, I think. I'd wow. take her to dinner. That's crazy. Mm. Uh, Richie was very good for 10-year-old Andy, and then <laughs> teenage-year-old Andy was very much more uh, Phoebe Cates. Did early 20s Andy watch Black Snake Moan and then rekindle yeah, it? Yeah. 
<laughs> I think when she looks like a meth tweaker, she's yeah, not quite as desirable. Yeah, the the train kind of went off the rails on the Ricci career. So yeah, her whole like uh, eyeball to face ratio didn't quite pan out in the end. It just kind of no. leaves me a little unsettled. Yeah, the the yeah the face started disappearing and the eyeballs got bigger. So mm-hmm. <laughs> not a good look. Sorry, Christy. Mm. Yeah. I well I think that is what is four to two? Yeah, I won. Four to two. <laughs> I mean, let's just call it what it is. Like that was a fail across the board. That was Yeah, just that was it a was train awful. wreck of a Q and A session for two idiots who don't know anything about it was absolutely uh, terrible, but if we did keep score it was four to two. Me. I I clearly won you. You're... Nope. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna acknowledge you're just trying to get under my skin. Well, it was fun, at least, for uh, the Halloween season. Well, if it was so. Jeeper Creepers, it'd be, I'm trying to wear your skin. <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny joke, guys. Come on. Some of these I, I just love, either. just, you know, like, imagining, like, OJ as a Terminator. I mean, he is, he I mean, is he really a form kind of, of Terminator. That. <laughs> yeah. Right. He'd have had like a documentary after they made Terminator and Terminator 2 called If I Had Terminated. <laughs> I wanted to come up with like one more about how like 80s, normal 80s people turned into actual horror people later on, like Bill Cosby. Uh, but I couldn't get a fourth one. You have OJ mm. in there. It's true. Michael Jackson. Got, oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, well, we got to be able to find a fourth. The best one I could come up with was uh, the principal from Ferris Bueller. What did he do? Uh, he got into child porn. I think he's oh. in prison now. But he wasn't famous enough, I don't think. Um, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, I don't, he didn't kill anybody, but he's... <laughs> pretty gross and killed his career <laughs> yeah, yeah, more than him. once <laughs> yeah he got a second chance and he killed it then too mm. wow the 80s weird times mm. yep and we all suck at 80s horror films i guess mostly nate nate's the worst at it that's true very true Speaking of Nate, you get a Halloween episode outro to do, don't you? I got this. Make it spooky. I got this, guys. All right, ghouls and gals. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We would love to hear from you guys. Send us your your uh, video games that uh, that scared you as a child or as an adult. We'd love to hear from you. You can always email those to us. Uh, make sure that you're following us on all of the social media platforms, Twitter, as well as Facebook, and of course, YouTube. And you can find all things Weekend Rental at weekendpodcast.com and geekade.com. And as always, be kind, rewind. Red rum. Rum or rum? <laughs> yeah, red rum. <laughs> Sounds delicious. I'll it, take two. It, it's Mordor. <laughs> it's spelled backwards. <laughs> Bananas. Trick or treat. Check the apples for blades.
happen in us. 